welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me, as always, is Brandon J. Flippin, bringing you another podcast episode, and the second one that we record here together in the great city of Chicago, Illinois, a.k.a. the Windy City, a.k.a. the city that only sees the sun for four months out of the year. And look, we're in positive spirits regardless, except for Brandon, who feels like he's uh, he's hitting a wall here. So we're going to have to pump some extra enthusiasm in here for people who are watching it live. Make sure that you uh, you tell this man he's got to be alert and ready to go. Because this man, this is a wild man. We had a wild weekend doing some virtual reality, doing some, uh, uh, what else did we do? Karaoke. Wild, wild weekend. Check that out on Steven's vlog as well. You'll get to see sneak peeks of uh, that incredible night. Might, might go down in history as one of the greatest nights of all time. I hope we get to do that again. Except we need to be smarter with how we spend the money next time. We are... In fact, referring to Punchbowl Social Bowl? No, Punchbowl Social. <laughs> it's just Punchbowl. <laughs> the, that, that's a joke because Steven has a hard time texting things. So. Yeah, dude. I've had a real tough time sending text messages. <laughs> so he sent the group text to the people that we went to this place with. And it's just called Punchbowl Social. But he's like, hey, we're going to Punchbowl Social Bowl. See you guys there. <laughs> you know what's funny about that too? So there's one little clip in the vlog. Where we, I say Punchbowl Sociable and we start talking and we start doing like as if we're announcing like a game and it's like, like a football game. It's mm-hmm. like the Punchbowl Social Bowl. It's like pretty cool, right? Like in the Super Bowl, Punchbowl Social Bowl. That is so cool, yeah, dude. dude. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard us do ever. Yeah, that might be top three at least. Probably not top three. You know what is top three coolest things we've ever done? That's it. MVP Baseball, <laughs> two thousand five. Last night, Steven and I were like, you know, we're kind of tired from a big night. We want to recharge our batteries. Let's not do something that's super crazy. Let's just kick back, play uh, MVP Baseball 2005. I, I don't know how many of our audience members will remember that game or probably like even two. know of that game. Yeah, maybe two. Uh, we we created our players, but we didn't we didn't stack them. We gave ourselves basically <laughs> 60 points to give to our players. That's it. And uh, that will mean nothing to people who know nothing about the game. Uh, Sixty like a tribute points. I, yeah, I'm not yeah. Out of four hundred, we could have up to two hundred and sixty. Yeah, we had to split it up evenly between contact and power. Man, we got to move on a different. People are gonna hate this topic. We are moving uh, on quickly. Tony, cut this out and post. <laughs> yeah, we gotta cut this out because we did everything must sports. And uh, we didn't quite get the feedback we were hoping for on that episode. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? That was that's one of the most renowned episodes of all time. Yeah, by just uh, our, just our dads. Our dads love that episode. They our don't. dads freaking <laughs> go for everything, must sports for sure. All right, well, what do you want to talk about today? What was the thing I just mentioned right before the podcast? Oh, if okay, so I'm if there, no, no no hold on hold on bear with me bear with me. This is this if is, this is what I think. This it is, is a good point. It's a good point. If you could objectively measure. This isn't a good point. <laughs> who is funnier between me or you? There was like an in a, like a scale that had an objective measurement. If if that was a thing, you and I would not be able to be friends. We have to say, to say we're not objective. We're biased. No, no, but on the scale, like you literally go. We in already have that says, episode. Step on a scale. <laughs> no, no, but that the, measures the intangibles. Do you think that we could be friends if we could figure out who's objectively funnier? Out of the two I would be fine with it, but I don't think you'd no, be I able would, to I'd handle it to, if I was funnier than you. I'd have to end the friendship, hundred percent, no doubt. See, this is it'd be too much. It would just well, be too much. You know what? This actually does bring up a good point. 
So if if I'm being frank, oh, dude, you gotta be frank. I'll be. Fucking, you got Tony now. You gotta be frank. I gotta be frank. That's Tony back there. You shut your mouth when we recorded the podcast. Um, but anyways, if I can be frank here, I'll be frank. Uh, one thing I'll say if if I had an insecurity about our friendship. <laughs> Oh on, from your wait. end i can't wait for from this. your I end i can't wait lay it on me. not my end but your end it would be that your competitiveness mm-hmm. specifically with things that shouldn't freaking matter in terms of like intangible stuff that we couldn't tell mm-hmm. would get in the way of of our friendship now i don't think this i don't believe this will happen but do i know that it won't happen i can't say that i know for sure i mean we've we've done basketball bowling so that kind of can you imagine if our friendship was ruined because you bowled like a 300 game and i was pissed well that's not even like i would say specifically when we talk about content creation let's say that for some odd reason i became massively successful and you didn't how would you handle it? I would that? just have to kill you. <laughs> See? It would get in the way of our friendship. That would mean that's that's one option. I mean, I don't yeah, know. I didn't list the other options yet. We could just still be friends, you know? Maybe I wouldn't always go to your birthday party. I might be sick a couple times. See, I don't even like having birthday parties, really. Yeah, I, I noticed that. But that's not going to be the case. If you're going to live in Chicago and I live here, we're doing joint birthdays. Sometimes. That's fine. But let's actually talk about this. So we've had a conversation because you like to make uh, your birthday a thing. Um, But there are some people who, I guess, look down on people making, quote unquote, big deals about certain events and stuff. Yeah. I guess this is kind of a broad topic, but do you feel like, uh, do you feel like there are some things, even, I guess, personally, that you make events out of? Or that, that you think of as important that either shouldn't be, or you think fuck those people. I, you know, whatever is important to me is important to me. It depends on specifically what it is. Like for birthdays, I think it. I I I think I have like certain things that I hold higher. Like for birthdays, I feel like it's fine to make a big deal out of it. I guess I don't know what the distinction is of how I decide on what's okay and what's not okay because. It does annoy me for sure when people make a big deal out of something stupid. When I'm like, "Are you making a big deal?" It's, it's, it's whatever. So I do get annoyed. For my birthday, I think it. I th- I personally just kind of think I need to get over it. I, I think it's more of a me problem that I get bothered by people who make a big deal out of things. I think you can make a big deal with whatever you want to make a big deal out of, as long as it's not like tragically affecting other people. Wait, so but but you're the one in the birthday situation that's making a big deal about your birthday. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you feel about people that are bothered by like I think it annoys me sometimes. Yeah. I think it definitely annoys me sometimes when I'm just like, okay, I I'm one I'm not father, so I don't get Father's Day. There, there, I don't, there's no other specific day. I just feel like your birthday is the one day that you have that's your day. And I, I, I think everybody should get one day a year. That's your day. So for me, that's how I've always looked at it as my birthday. It's, it's my day to, to do my whatever I want to do. 
So well, are, within reason, whatever I are, want to. <laughs> are you pissed that other people have the same birthday as you? Do you want to kill all those people? Yeah, so a- Angela the King. You've probably seen her on some of my vlogs. She has the same birthday as me, and I ended the friendship yesterday because I realized that I can't deal with that anymore. <laughs> just had to. You know, it had to be done. It, it just it had to be done. Objectively, Only, if I can say this, objectively, it had to be done. Yeah, I I offered to let her change her birthday. But she was which was nice go. of you. You yeah, didn't have nice. to do. It was nice to me. She was going to have to go through the work of, of going in and, and changing her name legally and making up of another identity and then changing her birthday. But which isn't that big of a deal nowadays. No, she could have done it in less than a year's time of really you know going after it. But she wasn't willing to do it, and I wasn't willing to compromise. And the thing is, like, you don't want to have friends like that in your life. Because no, I, I can't. if they can't, if they're not willing to meet you halfway on, on the things that you need support on like how are you gonna ever count on her you can't you can't just can't do it well i you've obviously got some opinion on this so you don't like that i'm making a big deal out of my birthday uh it's not that i don't like it um per se um i don't make a big deal out of mine i so i have this i've been having these thoughts back and forth just about how much of life even means anything um, cause I, I'm not a religious person and so I think of it all as like, at the end of the day, everything's gonna just be done. So in the small spec, it obviously really matters to me cause I have a consciousness. I have, I'm a human with psychology and you know, all this stuff. Um, but there are certain things that I think get built up as significant that to me, I'm just like, yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Like the day that I was born, it, it mattered the day I was born, but um, it's just an interesting thing. I mean, even New Year's, for instance. Well, I mean, my birthday is only two days after New Year's. Weird how we we cling to these specific benchmarks and say that this is this is a day of importance, or this is a day that I'm going to start this, or you know what? And I I almost feel like there is some unhealthiness to it where we um like it i guess if life is valuable every day should be somewhat significant like you should treat it like you know um what's that tim mcgraw song live like i was dying i went skydiving and i went you're a big fan of tim mcgraw dude i couldn't tell you anything about you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a single thing other than his initials are TM. <laughs> um, and even that, I don't know. It could be a fake name. Could be. I don't know for sure. So, like, I in my specific existence, I I want to I want to value what I have and what I'm striving for, or whatever, because I'm here. Might as well. Um, but in in the long haul, there are some things that when I don't find value, I don't I don't think I need to go over the top. But at the same time, like I'm not bothered by like you caring about your birthday and that's a day for you. It's important for you. So like, I want to make it important for you cause you're my friend. I, I think like that's totally reasonable. I, so I, I guess I do, I don't like, like you caring about your birthday doesn't really impact me at all. I mean, it ends up impacting me because I decide like I want to, make it a special day for you or something, whatever. But you just caring about it doesn't really do anything against me. So why the fuck would I care that you have that enjoyment? I agree. What are some things that 
that do bother you about people though in terms of like like what like what is a <laughs> I don't want to get too deep into this because I don't like going into just like I hate this about people like what's pet like peeves? what's like a random pet peeve that you have that's you've never heard anyone else who has this pet peeve or who has ever like voiced it before I know I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot but. <laughs> no I actually have one but it might be kind of controversial <laughs> I hate people who. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of things are coming to mind. <laughs> so one thing that I've I've kind of been bothered by lately, and hopefully you're going to be okay with talking about this. Um, but I'm getting nervous. I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're going to be blown away when I bring this up. Um, so one thing that I've been bothered by, especially on Tik, since we started TikTok, I've been, you know, you'll scroll through the feed and you see some people who are quote unquote woke on there and stuff. And um, there was this one post uh, by a transgender man who was just getting pissed that people asked him if he was trans. And, like, I 100% empathize with the frustration of always having to talk about it because that doesn't entirely define you. But there, I guess a pet peeve in this situation is... Like, transgender is a relatively new concept for a lot of people. And I think it's a place of entitlement to just expect that everybody should just understand what it is. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily... Like, I think everybody should get respect to a certain degree. You know, there are probably people that shouldn't because they're bad people. Yeah, just a bad person. Um, But... But in terms of like actually understand, like trying to make sense of, so what is this or asking questions, I almost feel like, and I actually might have talked about this on the podcast before, I don't know, but I almost feel like, like people of this generation are going to have to take that leadership role, that responsibility of, yeah, you're going to probably have to hear more questions about it, but you're going to pave the way for the next generations where it's going to be more understood and people are going to be more knowledgeable about what it means to be trans and stuff. And so it just kind of, it kind of bothers me that you would get so upset about people asking questions. I mean, I, again, I do understand just being asked the same thing over and over again and, and having to deal with that, but it's just like, you're, you, you're taking out, like, unfortunately you, you ended up taking on kind of a responsibility to, educate just by being this but i think it's a cool thing like i think it's i think it's awesome to to pave the way like like would to not necessarily be remembered but just like you are helping normalize something that people probably were ostracized for and you know there there are different uh opinions on transgender uh stuff and and whatnot but i think uh if we come to a society that is more accepting of transgender people, the people of this generation are going to pave the way for for the people of future generations. So, I that's pretty much it. That's that's one that popped in my head. What about you? No, I agree. We 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 talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, or do you have any other thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I I've talked about it with you a little bit, but no, I I agree. I just feel like sometimes people are they're in, impatient about things. It's like, why are people being this way? And it's like, look, it, it's unfortunately people have done a lot of bad things for a long time and nobody was able to speak about it. So it's going to take a little bit of time for some of these things to normalize in society. So I think that just a general pet peeve is when people are like, they're like freaking out that change isn't happening fast enough. And it's like, 
it's really hard to move it along faster. All you can do is just do what you can at the t- at the time and be a little bit understanding. Well, I would argue that it's a place of entitlement. It's almost like a perspective that's taking something personally that really doesn't have to do with you specifically. It mm-hmm. has to do with this idea that you end up representing by by identifying this way. Um, and so I, I think to to just expect everybody to get it right away is i just feel like it's a little entitled people do that a lot in general though where they make something about themselves personally like for example the colin kaepernick thing i don't know for sure that it had anything to do with what it's turned into like for all i know he was just making a statement on one race issue and then it turned into how american soldiers are somehow being attacked in this situation that's just like how this was you guys are just turning it into something it wasn't even supposed to be originally. And we, uh, humans almost just love there being drama and just making big things out of nothing. Because let's be honest, on our day today, we all say things where we think about it a little bit afterwards and we're like, I didn't quite mean the way that I said this. And a lot of times people's lives are being ruined just because they had said something a little bit different than what they actually meant. But these are sometimes, these are just words and they can get misinterpreted and everyone is just so hypersensitive to this stuff now that it's actually terrifying when people are in the public just how quickly your reputation can be crushed off this stuff. Well, I mean, just think about one of the reasons that we feel confident in our ability as podcast hosts is our ability to articulate things because mm-hmm. that is a tough thing to do a lot of times to convey exactly what you feel or think uh, finding the words to really describe it. And even if you do articulate it well and thought out, sometimes there are going to be people out there that don't understand it. And then the narrative gets twisted. So it, it, it is frustrating, but I, I do just on that point, I think we're really quick to just ostracize people that it's just like, let like people, I think to, to a certain extent, intent does matter. Like, are you like Colin Cowherd, for instance? He uh, said that thing about Dominican. Uh, oh yeah, how he got fired. He got ESPN. fired from ESPN, and um, he he was just talking about like low income stuff, and he brought up specifically Dominican. And I guess I don't know what Colin Cowherd's intent was, but I don't know. Just when you're when you have like. An eight-hour... Well, I don't know how long the show is. Like five hours or something? You have a five-hour show to just keep talking about points and points and points and points? I wouldn't be surprised if you and I said something, quote-unquote, controversial. On this exact topic, I've said this before. You all see how much social media stuff that I do where I do live streams by myself sometimes where I'm talking for hours. Then there's the podcast. There's my videos. There's just me talking the day-to-day. Sometimes people will just flat out think that I'm dumb because I say so many things, I'm going to say dumb stuff sometimes. I can only imagine that if your full-time job was just to talk about certain topics and you're hired by a network and people, tons of people are watching you and all you need is one person to misinterpret what you're saying, like in the culture we live in with all the hypersensitivity to just everyone very much personalizing things, it's a scary world. That's the thing. I, I, I do think it's a huge... I think that's a psychological flaw to personal... Like, when I went to therapy, that was one of the things that we talked about, was how I personalized things. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I grew up with a certain, uh, in a certain ideas, and then when something triggered 
a certain feeling, I would personalize it and then lash out at people. But they didn't, number one, they weren't there when I got raised. They had nothing to do with that stuff. And that triggering was really just me taking what was separate. Like I would get in arguments with people and if they had, I always, I had a hard time being, being okay with being wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I probably still do, but you still do. I yeah, can, I can confirm it. And <laughs> and so my instinct is to, if somebody t- tells me that I'm wrong on something or I argue with somebody on something, it's like this trigger that I automatically like. They're calling me a fucking idiot, and so I I I have to like consciously work through that to to not do that and. I think that that's what happens a lot of times with a lot of people. We we take things that have nothing to do with us, and we're like, "How does this? How does this offend me?" It, they're attacking me specifically. Like that whole. Did you see the Peloton in, or Peloton bike commercial? No. Where the girl for Christmas got uh, his, her husband got her a, like an exercise bike, and everybody was up in arms about it, and I was just like. We don't even, this is, number one, this is a commercial. Number two, we don't know the context. If that's a narrative, mm-hmm. we don't know the context of that narrative. Maybe she fucking asked for that bike and we're all saying, oh, another husband saying his <laughs> wife's got to get into shape. <laughs> that's a good point because that's another, uh, this idea of taking things too personal is something that in myself I've been really trying to get better about because I do think that in the past, and I, I still definitely have issues with it, but I do think that I take things too personal sometimes. And I think I've been a happier person since I've stopped immediately jumping to the personalization. Because I feel like a lot of times our default is to assume that, that someone is trying to harm us or someone is trying to hurt us in one way. And I think when you can kind of take a step back and, and think, this person doesn't have all the information. This person might actually be a good person who's just saying something. Maybe they're uneducated on this. It's a way better way to live your life when you just don't make everything personalized about you. And yeah, I don't. That's it's it's a good topic. Yeah, well, it it, do, it does make you just can walk, you can live life without being angry about everything. Well, I'm still angry all the time because I listen to so much heavy metal. But that's <laughs> yeah. that's just I mean that's part of the game. Like you just when you listen to heavy metal all the time, you're always angry. Yeah, it pretty much just evokes that emotion in you because that's all they express is yeah. anger that's why i made sure I, I gave you an angry song to listen to <laughs> although it, maybe it's not which, just about anger we'll talk about it later wh- which though. is a little tease a little tease, little tease for, for a segment later a little tease for later i gave brandon arguably my favorite heavy song so we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later uh we'll do that towards the end of today's show yep and then correct. coming up in a little bit here we've got a segment uh, that we've done before. It's a movie segment, and uh, in it, we're going to talk about uh, a a set or a movie with a certain blue small guy. A blue small guy. Goes, is it uh, a Smurf? It could be a Smurf, or could is be. it a I'm blue dabadi dabada guy? No, that's a classic. No, that's a classic. That's a good callback. Twenty years old now. That music video. You know, it's also a classic. <laughs> this morning, you tried to text me cool, but you texted me oil. <laughs> I'm I think <laughs> anybody who watches or listens to this podcast instead of saying cool to people start saying oil. I think we should get this trend going. On this note, I am the worst texter. Like people say that oh I'm bad at texting. Usually they're referring to they don't get back to people. I'm referring to that I actually don't 
get the right message across at all. And I don't even mean that it doesn't make sense. I mean, it's not even English. <laughs> it's not even, I don't even know what it is sometimes. It's just gibberish. Yeah, there's been multiple times where I've gotten texts from you. I'm like, what are you saying? I have <laughs> I don't no idea. For you at all. I just, whatever is the first thing that shows up, I just send it. But you know what's funny about you not proofreading is you have to send another text afterwards to fix your mistake. So it takes longer than just making sure your first text is okay. Yeah, but I, that, see, that's the weird thing about me. I would rather have to make the corrections in the second text and just hope the first text is right. Even though probably only 60% of the time the first text is right. That's probably not an inaccurate statement. You're making some circular fallacies. <laughs> I'm not making any... Oh, oh, I never got to say what my pet peeve was. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just on the topic since you brought up TikTok, I actually think that my pet peeve is going to be how if you go on that app, which is a really good app, I actually genuinely think it there, there's a strong future with it and present with it, but how so much of it is just attractive females who are over the age of 18 over the age of 18 attractive females <laughs> there's a lot of people on there who are really young though uh, but attractive females over the age of 18 who literally just and it's actually to be honest with you if he's about to say even some of the ones <laughs> under 18 no <laughs> no to be honest with you a couple of you know, it's, it's just like attractive people in general and they like 90% of TikToks, I swear, are just... <laughs> cut this out, Tony. <laughs> Tony! Leave Tony. this in, Tony! <laughs> Tony, cut all this out. I'm using the wrong words here. <laughs> Auto-correct this for me, please. No, uh, just TikTok being so incredibly dumb. Like, it's so it's used in such a dumb manner. It's literally just like... Horrible dance moves. I don't know. I Was that an impression that was, of horrible yeah, dance moves? That's my impression of horrible dance that's moves. That's way too good for an impression of You're horrible right. Am I a Viner? Here. <laughs> Did Vine do that? Was there a similar thing? No, because you only had six seconds. These you have, if you do a song, you have 15 seconds to do a dance to, or you can, without a song, you can do a 60 second clip. And I mean, you could just like play audio in the background, like we did for that yeah. one TikTok that it, we it, made. Well, to be fair, We've been using uh, TikTok a little bit more from our own individual accounts. I, I do like it, though. I, it's kind of tough to figure out. But we're more unique than any yeah. of the other creators. We're different. What we do is, like, actually changing the game. <laughs> like, we're going to be in the TikTok Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. For, maybe first ballot. Maybe. We may not get in our first year because we're a little controversial. A few, of, a few of the voters will leave us off the ballot, but we're getting in eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's not going to be unanimous, you don't think? No, we're too controversial. They're going to be like, all right, now, the stats show that these are first ballot Hall of Famers. We can't remember the controversy of them. What's the controversy of us? Uh, our TikToks are too too well-developed. <laughs> That's the controversy. <laughs> yeah, our TikToks, we used too much. We, went, we got too deep. I, I know this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but... <laughs> I'm curious because you specifically do kind of commentary videos on YouTube. Uh, and so with that whole idea of uh, you, you talk about you, you, you'll say enough stuff that eventually you'll say some dumb stuff. When you're editing videos, do you, does this happen often where you're like, mm, I don't know if I can put that in there because it's going to be controversial or... Do you doubt yourself with that stuff? Do you feel like oh, I'm a, if I'm going to say this, I need to 
have a different point to back it up? Uh, yeah, I think I think over time that has gotten a little... I, I push myself a little bit further. This is my uh, gradual theory that you never go too extreme immediately. You just kind of... You get to a place you're comfortable and you go, you, you go a little further over the line every time. Uh, I think whenever I record a video, I just try to not censor myself. I kind of just say everything that comes to mind. And then when I go to edit it, this is the great part about not doing these live, I can go in and, and, and kind of cut it up and, and, and put in the video, the parts that I like. But I'm, you know this about me, I, I'm I'm a little bit paranoid just in general. Not paranoid. I, I don't know if paranoid is exactly the word, but I just, I, I will overthink things like a normal person will, but maybe even more sometimes. So sometimes I'll listen to the video back and I'll say something and I'm like, oh, I can maybe see someone being offended by this. And it does get kind of hard to make the distinction, but I think my, my general thought on it is I watch my videos enough times and then I'll, I usually sleep on it. I won't post anything that I'm a little uneasy about I will not post it. If there's any amount of uneasiness, I will, sometimes I'll even, I will actually upload it to YouTube to watch it on YouTube before uh, I even, it, it, like just so I can watch it on there and really think, uh, is this gonna offend anyone? Is this gonna bother people? And sometimes I'll be like, okay, yeah, actually, I don't like how this came out. But you can't take it too far because you're gonna offend someone no matter what you do. So that's the first thing that you have to get in your head is, no matter what you do, someone's going to be pissed off. Someone's going to be upset by it. And well, not even just pissed off or upset, but just misinterpreted. Yeah, or like misinterpreted. your Cleveland tourism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, like I did a video, the perfect example is I did a video about Cleveland tourism. And people think that I'm like really offended by a video that's about Cleveland when one, the video that's making fun of Cleveland is from a Clevelander that I've met. So like it's not coming from a malicious intent. It's just making fun of this. It's something that I would do. Like, I don't try to be clever enough to come up with a video like that, but I, I make fun of things that I like because I think that there's there's bad sides to it. People are acting like I'm this super salty person. I'm like, you guys are, like, you have no idea what you're talking about. This is just not the right information. But I've, I haven't taken the video down or anything because ultimately, First off, people are watching it, so I'm getting paid for them to watch and comment on it. So yeah. just like whatever, uh, and and also, I just when you get in that into your head, like people aren't always gonna like you. The Beatles, the most successful rock band of all time, tons of people hated them, hated hated them so much, didn't get what they were about, misinterpreted what they were talking about. People are gonna do that regardless. So as long as you're not doing anything malicious and it doesn't, it, and it's pretty obvious, it doesn't come from a point of really hurting someone. You gotta just kind of stick to your guns a little bit and be like, I can get behind this. You have to be okay with getting behind the message that you're putting out there. And sometimes it is scary, but I don't know, I've, I've learned to just accept that that's a part of doing this. Uh, Tony, really quick, through that little rant that he had, can you overdub Red Hot Chili Peppers in place of the Beatles for the greatest rock band? <laughs> just Dude, what I don't... First off, why do we bring up Red Hot Chili Peppers again? I don't want them mentioned on this podcast. The most overrated rock band of all time. <laughs> you heard this from me here. Takes on the show. No, I just I don't I don't get it. I think a lot of people have that opinion. All right, should we do our movie movie segment, or do you have anything else you want to say? Do a lot of people have that opinion? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people <laughs> with that opinion. Do you like them? I think they're okay, but they're overrated. Mm. <laughs> I I guess I don't. 
I don't know. <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, let's do the segment. All right. So this is our movie segment. Um, we never really came up with a good name for this segment. So that's uh, under construction. Mo- gro- a groovy movies. With- nope, that's not it. Okay. <laughs> so this segment is where we take five movies we haven't seen and we guess their Rotten Tomatoes critic score based on the description alone. So how you, uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Critic score? That's what we did last time. We're changing this now. Wait, who's critics? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, we're doing not audience one, right? Okay. Exactly, the critics. I know what we're talking about. This guy. <laughs> this guy. All right, so the first movie, the reason we wanted to do uh, this specific segment this weekend is because this was the weekend that Sonic the Hedgehog came out. Was that the blue guy I was talking about? Oh, there we Dude, go. Call back to 15 minutes ago. Yep, it's not a Smurf, and it's not... The blue uh, abadibada. All right, so here's the description. Since I know that you really need the description to know what this movie's about. Dude, I, I, okay, old man, let's hear it. After discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, <laughs> hold on! A small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. Do you want me to rate first, or you want to rate first? You go first. Okay. Because I know what it is already. You already know what the Rotten Tomato score is? I mean, I didn't look at it, but I just know it. <laughs> I just get vibes. So, this movie came out in the 80s, and it's it was in a time where hedgehogs were at an all-time high. Wait, this movie came out in the 80s? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Remember last time we like made up the reasons why we thought a movie was a certain rating? I was That was kind of a bit... But well, you just ruined it. But but that's inaccurate. We're talking about the new Sonic movie. Right? This is like the Sonic movie that just came out. I know it wasn't accurate. <laughs> I wasn't being serious, you dumbass. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go with... Since we're doing critic score, I'm going to go with 47. Dude, see, I'm going to win this one for sure. Oh I'm, 48. I'm going with... No, 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 better yet. I'm going to go with 65. 65, all right. I think... And here's my reason. Uh, one, it's higher than Brandon, so now I've, I've really got myself a good safety net. Uh, two, I think that the fact they were willing to make these moves to, to change the animation and then have Jim Carrey in it, I feel like it's got everything that you would need to be uh, right around a mediocre movie. You are the winner of this round. Yeah, baby! I knew so, it. Rotten Tomato score is 63%. Guess what the freaking audience score of this movie is? 80%. 95! Whoa! <laughs> They're loving it! Dude, that's awesome, actually. <laughs> I was not expecting this movie to be good. I might want to see that now. I'm actually like, pumped about that. Because Sonic, Sonic kids shit on all the time for video yeah. games because it was like Sonic versus Mario, and then Sonic <laughs> just shit the bed in so many games, and Mario... He's just been incredible. Incredible, yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Dude, I'm pretty... I was really close. That was pretty good. Was, dude, I'm good at this game. Damn All right. Damn. Lars and the Real Girl. A delusional young man strikes up an unconventional relationship with a doll he finds on the internet. Okay. So, this, I, I, can, I already can connect on this one, so I'm going to go first. Okay. So, Lars <laughs> is the drummer in Metallica, which is not probably the same, but he's also delusional because he's not really that good at the drums. 
especially for being a great a, actor though an iconic <laughs> and but a great actor uh, except for especially for being an iconic metal band so delusional Lars unconventional relationship um, he I think he's from Denmark originally but yet he like barely has any accent at all so I feel like this movie gets like a so I feel like I've, I'm walking in circles a little bit because I'm going. I'm really sticking to this Lars and Metallica, and I'm spending less time on the real girl. But I think that this re- them specifically picking Lars do, makes do, me feel like they. <laughs> I think they have a good taste in music, do, 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 and Metallica came out in the '80s, so I'm gonna say '81. '81 percent. '81 percent. Wow. Um. I'm going to say this is just goofy enough to probably have been really good. So I'm going to say 85%. Whoa, whoa, dude, that's bold. I think you're wrong. All right, here I we go. I'm closer again. You didn't give yourself much to work with either because you got like, just to get, if it's 82, 83, 84. It's 81%. Are you serious? Yeah. I got it exactly right. <laughs> no! What? Did you look it up, you <laughs> son of a bitch? Wait, what? I gave all of that just like roundabout BS and I end up being right on? Dude, that's incredible, actually. It's 81. I've on... only been off by 2% between my first two guesses. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, I am on. Hey, if I can remind you, I won last time. Am I so buying a lottery ticket don't, today? Don't I should buy a lottery crazy. ticket today. All right, next one is The Wolfman. Upon his return to his ancestral homeland, an American man is bitten and subsequently cursed by a werewolf. You love wolves, so you go first. Okay. I do love wolves. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say one thing that I can give you information on. I haven't seen this movie, but I know Benicio Del Toro is in it, who's a good actor. But I don't see this one as doing very well. Because people are more into vampires than they are into wolves and werewolves. Now, if you combine them, like in Underworld or Twilight, and maybe some like love, but there's no mention of love here, and there's no mention of vampires, mm-hmm. I'm going to give this a 47%. See, this is how I know that you don't know what you're talking about. Wolves are actually a big thing now. And it's aged incredibly well. Now, when did this movie come out? 2010. 2010. So at the time it came out, I'd say the 2010s were the the decade of the wolf. And in the decade of the wolf, this movie stood the test of time. At the time, it was good. I'm gonna say it was uh, it wasn't the most incredible wolf movie, um, but it got a 77 percent. You know how you had a very small range of like two percent that you're off by Mm -hmm. you just killed that range it's a 34 (laughs) percent no the wolfman got 34 percent all right i got i got too bold i got cocky (laughs) it's okay sometimes you gotta go bold all right i'm proud of you i got cocky all right we're gonna keep this do we get one gimme no (laughs) (laughs) you get one gimme i go all right This next one is called The Sasquatch Gang, Mm -hmm. and it's also known as The Sasquatch Dumpling Gang. Young fantasy and science fiction aficionado Gavin Gore and his friends stumble onto some huge footprints in the woods. A local cop, reporter, and a renowned Sasquatch authority investigate... Oh, 
and a renowned Sasquatch authority investigate while two of Gavin's dim-witted neighbors hatch a scheme to profit from the situation. Hmm. I went first last time, so you go first okay, this time. Okay, so I don't believe in Sasquatch. I'm going to open with that, just to show you there's no bias here for Sasquatch. So I might be a little against it, if anything. Um, a fantasy and science. I think I prefer fantasy over science fiction. Uh, Gavin Gore kind of sounds like Al Gore. Al Gore was not a president, but almost. Uh, he did win the popular vote. He did win the popular vote. I don't know that that factors into this, but I'm at least considering it. <laughs> it could be one of the variables. <laughs> <laughs> it could. We got. We got to make sure we're thinking of all angles here. Um. I feel like this one's tough because this definitely is not an in between. This is either a horrible movie or this is a really good movie. And I feel like whenever we do this, we rarely have just awful movies. So. Except so the last one was just 33%. It was pretty, the last one was pretty bad. And they have two awful ones in a row. I mean, there's really no correlation between any of these movies. So I'm, maybe I'm, I'm overthinking it. I'm going to say that this movie is a 92%. I think it's no a, way. I think it's an incredible movie. No way. 92% from critics? I think it's an, I think it's an incredible... It's, like a, it's a hidden gem movie. Here's the thing about critics, okay? Yeah. They love movies like this, yeah. Go critics... On. Critics get so caught up in their own... Um, what, what's the word? Their own recipes, their, yeah. their own structures of things that they forget the the fine tuning of beautiful creations. Mm-hmm. They, they they lose sight of what it means to be a true artist, and a lot of times, gems like this go under the radar. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this movie was so good that it was able to overcome that a bit. But I don't think it nearly got what you are predicting. 92%. I'm going to say it got a 70% from critics. See, your mistake there was thinking this is going to be a mediocre, a mediocrely good movie, when clearly it's very memorable. Well. <laughs> tell, me, tell me with the good news. Tell me what I got to hear here. Tell me what I got to hear. 47%. No! <laughs> I mean, I wasn't close either. It doesn't even have a good audience score. It's got 57% by audience. Damn it. I should have gone with the alternative. I knew, see, I knew this was either really good or really bad. I got off to such a good start. Well, now we're tied. 2-2. This is just like last time. <laughs> Each time this has come down, down to the wire. Okay. All right. Let's Let's go. Um, okay, so this one is To All the Boys I've Loved Before. A teenage girl's secret love letters are exposed and wreak havoc on her love life. I think I'm first this time, aren't I? Yeah. So I feel like this, this one is one you can, uh, you know, if you have a daughter, a young teenage daughter, this is, this good bonding experience. It's like, hey, sweetie. I just got. I picked up this new movie at Blockbuster yesterday because mm-hmm. I was in Alaska. Wait, do they still have that one in Alaska? Oh, the Blockbuster there. I, th- I think so. Which I don't understand, but yeah. Yeah. So I I traveled the only Blockbuster in the country 
in Alaska, and I came back to where we live, which is Texas, and I brought you this movie. Um, we could have easily streamed it, but I just want this to be the symbolism for how great this movie is going to be. It's a journey. It's an adventure. And it's one worth taking because it brings me back to you. And this movie is going to bring us closer together. Mm. Such a heartwarming tale that I'm going to give this one an 85%. Ah, dude, see, I, I was going to give this one a good one because this, this definitely feels like... It, it, it's really just a sign of the times, this one. Uh, there's a lot of teenage girls. There's a lot of secret love letters. Like, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's there's a lot. There's just a lot here that really connects to today's culture. You say 85%. I'm going to do something similar. I'm going to go with 88%. 97%. Steven takes yeah, this baby. one. Oh, Mother. I brought it home. See, I knew you just weren't high enough with that. I was, I wasn't I bold enough. You were see, I see, won because I was bold today. Well, that's why. I here's won. the thing, honestly, your boldness impacted my unwillingness to go bold because you were so wrong about the last two. I was like, I can't look like a fool like Steven did. And what's funny about that is I, I did look it on like purpose. a fool. <laughs> I you were playing purpose. mind games with me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I got into your head. That was the goal. That's why I did this. There's a method to all of my madness. All right, everything I do. Yeah, that's absolutely not true. Everything I do is incredibly it's, well calculated. It's calculated. It's well calculated. He's from, a maestro of life. Literally, from my haircut to my jackets to the, the words I say, everything is calculated. In fact, in the "Everything Must Go" logo, if you look for it, there's a secret message in it. It's a calculator. It's an actual calculator. It says boobs. <laughs> Oh, Let us know if you can find it. 8,008, am I right? <laughs> well, it's not just 8,008. That would just be boob. 58,000. Eight. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the segment, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Now we're back into the action, back into the podcast. We're so good at transitioning. Dude, that, that would be a good uh, name of a podcast. Calculator Boobs. <laughs> Calculated <laughs> That's boobs. a pretty good idea. No, we'll start a band and we'll call it Calculated <laughs> Boobs. I remember the first time that I saw someone do that. I like legit, it was like I was in sixth grade. I remember sitting there and I had someone be like... It took you till sixth grade? I don't know, it was probably before that. I think I'm, wow. mis- I'm misremembering probably. That's why you're you. still a virgin. Oh, that's, is that the reason why? Because it took you I, gotta buy a, I better buy a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone the other day with like a, one of those big, huge plastic calculators with the giant buttons. I was like, why would anyone still own this? You have a good answer. You don't have an answer. <laughs> There's not a good answer. There isn't a good answer why someone would own that. Sometimes I just like to leave you hanging. I hate when you do that. I hate this side of you. I hate this side of you. I was so, going to say something about this calculator thing. All right, there's a really big calculator. Why would you own it? Uh, I think it's because... No, I don't. I forget where I was going with this. I think it's just... It falls under the... Oh, oh I know what I was going to say. Just the, how they told us that we could never use calculators on tests. I'm using calculators all the time. In real life, you're saying? Real life, yeah. In school, they're like, can't use calculators. All I do is calculators now. All you do is calculate. But you know what I don't use? 
a graphing calculator. Spent all that money on a graphing calculator back in the day, the TI-83. When the hell have I ever had to use a graphing calculator? Yeah, but those that you could program games into those. That was pretty cool. I, I, I intentionally didn't do that because I, I already had a tough time paying attention. I knew if I had that, all bets would be off, so I would not do it. I used to do this thing in class where I would literally, the entire class, I would just alternate comma and the period. And I would just do that the entire class. It was my own fun little game. I, I just, used to do something like that, too. It wasn't that exactly. <laughs> it wasn't exactly comma period, but there was something I would do. I tried to make patterns on there. Dude, those were the days. Take me back. Not really. I hated it, but I liked. I liked specifically, like as much as I'm complaining about the graphing calculators, I did kind of like to just like mess around with them. Yeah. Okay. I have a serious topic. That's it. I don't want to necessarily. I don't want to specifically talk about politics, but because elections are coming up and whatnot. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, things pro- might feel different, especially you who goes into an office. Do you notice any changes uh, around, or, or like, is there a different vibe to you uh, with like the? I guess this is like a big election coming up because Trump has been, you know, obviously very polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, have you picked up on anything? Just like changes with the fact that elections coming up. Yeah, or just like. Do people talk about it at work? I know it's kind of mm. taboo to have those discussions. Well, but. the one thing I'll say on this is for people who don't know about Chicago specifically is it's extremely rare to find a Trump supporter in this city. Mm-hmm. Like, you you see them sometimes, but it's not a very common thing. I'd say this is not a place that Trump probably would spend a whole lot of time on any campaigns because he knows he's not winning here. Um... I haven't noticed anything crazy. I will say, uh, when he got elected, that was my first like full year in Chicago. I will say that the first year that I was here, right around election time, there was a lot of talk, and it was really weird when he won the election because of just how... Then There was a definite negativity in this city mm-hmm. when he won, and uh, I heard there was people who like, didn't go to work the next day and stuff like that. It, there was a lot going on, but so far, I don't hear too too much other than just like a lot of people who are on the bernie on the bernie train yeah who are you endorsing sir Mm, that's a good question uh i will no i'm honestly right now nobody no comment no comment right now i nobody has tmz reports that you were seen with bernie sanders in the back of the (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine that tmz (laughs) if tmz had anything to do with my life like I will say that whenever I see celebrities and there's TMZ around, I immediately feel anxiety for them. That would be so damn stressful. Do you ever get depressed that TMZ is even a thing? Yes, all the time. Yeah. When I think about it. I just try to not think about it, but it's it's awful. That stuff really bothers me. Because, number one, uh, I've had a hard time... I mean, so this is one thing that when I was doing music... The reason I started a band, now I know I've kind of contradicted that now, that I'm doing like stuff on my own, but the reason I started a band was because I really wanted it to be about the music and not about me, not about the person, because I felt like our society has gone so um, strongly towards idolizing and, and putting a celebrity on pedestals um, that it's... I just feel like it's unhealthy. I feel like it's unrealistic. And um, 
it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And so there's that, the fact that there's even something that like documents their life for like normal people, um, as if they're not people as well, uh, normal people to, uh, live vicariously through them. Uh, but it's also some of the scummy things that like TMZ, they'll just like get in your grill and they won't leave you alone. They'll ask you uncomfortable questions and just try to get something controversial. I, I think anything that just tries to get you to look bad just pisses me off. Dude, it's a tough thing. As someone, even for me, just doing normal news for a little bit in my life, like it is, it's an uncomfortable thing when you're doing a story on anything where you feel like, I don't really want to, I, I'm, I, I'm totally invading onto this this person's life and TMZ is just it is that like I the the classic example story that I felt and or that I felt just horribly uncomfortable and just to think that every day of some reporters lives they're literally just looking for this type of stuff I had to do uh, a news story about a family who all of their kids died in a lightning strike that struck a tree and the tree fell down and crushed all three of the kids all three of the kids died Horrible, horrible story. And I was supposed to go to the hospital and interview the family. And I went there and, uh, I mean, in full disclosure, I drove to the hospital. And then as soon as my car got there, one of the family members ran out and, like, started screaming at me. And I called my news director and I was like, I'm not doing this story. But there's people who will go to the full extent to do those types of stories to get the footage that nobody else has. And it's really scary that we live in a world that, that does this. Like you're, you're just not, you're, sometimes you're, you're just going to have scummy people that will do things just for the money or do things for the publicity like that. Well, rough. And, and that's one of the things too, when you, when you talk about the money aspect, uh, I, I struggled with this when I was a general manager of Jimmy John's. Uh, I had, I mean, I was young and managing a bunch of people that were both younger than me and older than me. Um, and I was constantly told by my boss that, th- you know, this is a business, meaning she was basically saying you can't give a shit about their feelings or anything like that because this is a business. And I just, you know, I know that this there's going to be people that um, disagree with this, but I, I guess ultimately it's all still people you know what i mean like it we're, we're all the businesses are run by other people and i feel like somehow we've created a world where shitty things scummy things are justified because well that's business yeah you know i i just i just felt like i don't know there are a lot of things i think sometimes that I don't even know if it's maybe like we're trying to feel better about ourselves or something. We don't want to admit that we're doing scummy things, but we create these reasons why it's okay. And one of those has become, well, that's how the business works. And it's also, we talked about this back in um, paying your dues. Uh, the, the idea of people who were like, well, when I was where you are, I was treated like crap. So now that I'm here, it's your turn to get treated like crap. It's like, well, you hated it when you got treated like crap. So 
why don't you change the trend here and not treat the people in my position like crap? And maybe we can turn this around. So I, I mean, obviously I'm ignorant to a lot of the inner workings of businesses, big businesses, small businesses. Um, you know, me being a general manager doesn't make me an authority on any of this. But I, I do find a lot of times it's it's pretty frustrating to, to to see situations where it's like, you know, we'll just fire him because of this thing or that. You know, it's like they just made a small mistake. We can get past this. Like, no, this is business. Let him go. It's like the, there's no empathy in that. And this is dealing with people. So on the topic of the making money and, and the, the moral issues and just – I know right now when it comes to the podcast, this is not something that we, we monetize currently. The, the podcast is something that we originally started doing as just a result of us recording via Skype pretty much. And then it, it's turned into now we're in the same place. I'd be lying if I said that our ultimate goal isn't to make this into something that we can make money off of uh, as well as our other creative projects. When, when it comes to that, how... How do, because I honestly I want part of this discussion to just be us literally thinking about it. How do we decide in the future where we draw the line between us just like trying to make money but also keeping our integrity? I, I just it's it's obviously it's an extremely tough line to walk across, but I, I do want to talk about it a little bit because I think a lot of people are probably curious who do listen to the show regularly. Like you know where's where's our merch yet? How do we decide when we start? putting more merch out there how do we decide like that how do we make sure we're not becoming sellouts or something like that how do you see it from your perspective um i mean this is this is something i actually feel kind of prepared for because when i was pursuing music this is something i struggled with a lot um i understand that like for instance if we weren't doing this stuff if i wasn't doing any of this stuff i wouldn't be on social media whatsoever um but I've grown to like it for what I use it for. It's a tool rather than uh, a, I guess, a way to like check up on old friends and flings and you know, stuff like that. Um, so when it comes to us on the business side of things, I think number one, uh, communication is going to be key for anything that we are wanting to do. But I also feel like, in terms of the balancing, I understand that some of the, the quote unquote business decisions that we're going to have to make, uh, won't be exactly what I would like, but I guess in terms of how they affect other people is where I draw the line. Like if it, like if it's going to be like a business that I'm a part of, that I am, you know, a co-founder with, you know, with you, um, if we have a, a team and, we we start to take uh, take for granted the ability to empathize with our team because it's just better for business. That's probably where I'm like, well, this is part of the reason why I, I like I don't relate necessarily to corporate America as much because mm-hmm. these are the kind of decisions that I don't think are justified just because it's mm-hmm. oh well it's business. It's like to me, my values in life don't. Um, don't uh, disappear just because this is a way that we make money, essentially. 
I don't know if that helps answer that at all for you. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair. And you are totally right how you have sort of a, a jump start on this, like specifically because you did music before and obviously the financial part was a thing that was front of mind. I think, yeah. I think for me this is all just something I'm learning to deal with. I know for me, since I started being monetized on YouTube, I definitely think about the financial part of it and sometimes I get nervous when I'm like, am I making this video for the right reasons? That kind of stuff will cross my mind from time to time. And that's, it's, uh, I haven't, I've never made anything I feel weird about up to this point, but it's well, going to happen at some point where I'm going to be like, I'm going to be thinking about more money than I am going to be thinking about the content for one time and it's going to bother me when it happens. Well, we have, we, I guess we have little glimpses of that in the content that we create now. Like for me specifically, I was doing a Dragon Ball Z mm -hmm. gameplay for the new Dragon Ball Z game that came out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, part of the reason that I haven't completed it is because I, I moved in the middle of me playing that game. Uh, but the other reason is like it's not performing well on my YouTube channel. And I like playing video games, but those videos are very intensive to edit because they're so long. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be pay playing for like a four-hour stretch, so I have to sit through all four hours of that video. That's a huge chunk of time. And we've talked about now that we're like really – pushing on stuff our yeah. time is valuable so 100%. you got to make calculated decisions so you could you could look at that perspective and say well that you actually do like doing that so you're selling out um but i just think i think that argument is somewhat um i i think it's exaggerated a bit mm -hmm. it's just like I don't, to my core, need to do those Dragon Ball Z videos. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. I probably do, to my deepest core, and I just yeah. haven't accessed that part yet. That's what I'm saying. Maybe if I go Super Saiyan. <laughs> Dude, you did that in my vlog video. You yeah. went Super Saiyan. <laughs> um, but, uh, and you've probably... Uh, we've talked about you making Chicago videos because those have typically done mm -hmm. uh, better for you. But you just like talking about things. Mm -hmm. So it's not just because you've now kind of honed into an audience or a demographic that will pay attention doesn't mean that you are inherently selling out. You're just being, you're working smarter, not necessarily harder. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um... We do the Spotify That's what segment. I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah. I think it's about time for the Spotify segment. Is it just called the Spotify segment as of right now? As of right now, we got we got to name Spotify. Wait, something else. We need to work on some names. We're bad at naming these segments. I feel like we're email we're, us we're or good. DM us. All right, email emgpod at gmail .com for an idea for a segment. <laughs> Wait, now we're getting audience names. <laughs> wow. No, don't. We'll come up with it. Forget it, guys. We don't need your help. Screw you, guys. Tony, edit Whoa, that out. Yeah, definitely edit that out, Tony. <laughs> Tony's great. All right, so this segment, uh, we did work on the structure of this a little bit because last it's gotta time... It's got to be way better now. Last you time... it was good last time. This is way more incredible. It ran a little long last time. So this segment is we each pick one song for the other person to listen to, and then we answer three specific questions based on the listening experience. So today, Stephen listened to a song called Factor In by Kevin Garrett which was my choice for him. And I listened to Memento Mori by Architects. So who should go first, do you think? 
I think you're older than me by 18 days, so you go first. <laughs> okay, so the first question that we have to answer uh, for this song, for the song segment, is what stood out to you about the song? And what I will say that stood out to me about the song is the music is incredible. Like, musically, this song is insane. Like, it feels like... It feels like there are so many layers. There are so many... Like, it, 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 it's a true... Not to be cheesy, but it's a true journey that the song takes you on. And you feel like... You kind of feel like there's this vibe of... I'm not getting enough. In, in turn, like, the, the people that are writing this song is like, we're not done yet. We have more to say. We have more to whatever. And I really, really like that. Um, but subsequently, what stood out to me is... I think the vocals on that record, I feel bad for the guy because I think that music is so incredible. I don't know how you live up to it vocally. And it makes sense why maybe you go to screaming because you're like, I have to be bigger than how big this fucking music is. And I think that allowed me to tap into what I think about metal stuff. Like, Musically, metal stuff is pretty intense. Like, it's pretty crazy. I think I can learn from it as a musician, honestly. So I'm glad that we're doing this. Mm -hmm. But I think... I think the vocals... Number one, I wouldn't like listening to just by themselves. So that bothers me. And I also feel like... Unless you have a voice like Freddie Mercury... I don't know if even screaming lives up to... How epic the music can be. So that's what I'll say about that one. I don't know if you... Are we doing responses to them or are we just going through and then you respond after that? uh, I think you do all three and then respond. Yeah, and then you respond. (laughs) So the second one is how does the song make you feel? Um, I kind of touched into that a little bit. It makes me feel like, you know, there's more to... Like, they're not done. And you just keep getting hit and hit and hit. And I I honestly walked home um, and I I, I got chills listening to... Because I couldn't... I couldn't quite make out the lyrics when I was listening to him sing it. So I was specifically really trying to listen to all the different layers of the music. And um, it just made me feel energized. It made me feel um, like what's to come next for me. I don't know. It's it, I, I personalized it in that way. Uh, would you add it to your playlist? I think based off of the music alone, I would. Um, the, 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 I think the music is so good that I can get past the fact that I don't necessarily love the, the vocals in it. Um, so I'll, I'll say yes, I would add it to my playlist. That was actually really cool to hear you talk about it because, uh, you make a, a lot of really good points about it. Um, that you're totally right about the instrumentals. So Memento Mori is my favorite, like I would say song that's primarily screaming like there's a little bit of singing in it and there's a little bit of, like sing screaming it mm-hmm. um well and one thing too i will say about the singing i didn't think his singing voice was particularly great mm-hmm. it's not no his his singing voice is like very mediocre but um but yeah that's the reason so i picked the song for a few reasons one it's instrumentally one of my favorite songs ever like it's just it's so cool it, it sounds like metalcore meets like interstellar meets like I don't even like bring me to the horizon like older bring me to the horizon like it's just such a cool combination of sounds and 
Um, this song is specifically about one of the members of the band who, I don't know if he died during the writing of this song, but right around this time, and, it, and it's the brother of a, one of the members of the band. Oh, jeez. Uh, he, was, he was dying from cancer, so the song is literally about, like, um... I definitely heard dying. something about death yep. in the song, so... Yeah, so it's all about that, and that's why, like, be, like, memento mori, be mindful of death, so it's literally, like, an entire song's a tribute to him, which is why you can really feel, like, the pain in the guy's voice in this song. So, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's kind of cool to hear you, like, you point out the, uh, the instrumental, but I absolutely love the song. I've been listening to it a lot lately, and it's a great song to listen to at the gym. Yeah, again, it's Memento Mori by The Architects, so check it out for sure. All right, so now, uh, Steven will answer these same questions for the song that Ooh. I picked for him, Factor In by Kevin Garrett. All right, what do you got for us, Steven? Okay, so, uh, the first thing I, about this song is that it, the way that it starts off, I, I, like... I was taken aback. I don't know why, but the the beginning part of the song, it, it like, it feels kind of like, it feels kind of big, and I couldn't figure out is this. I know literally nothing about Kevin Garrett. I was like, I don't know if this is a band. I don't know if there's multiple people singing this song, but it just, it, the my immediate thought when I heard it was, ooh, this is. I kind of like this, like this little opener here. Uh, it. Uh, what, what stood out to me about the song is it's not what I thought it would be like based on the last song that you you gave me was which was very, very uh, stripped down. Mm -hmm. Now you find a song that's way more... It feels like a song that you would like, but it also kind of doesn't feel like a song that you would like. So that stood out to me. Uh, what I mean is... So Brandon likes a lot of his really... Um, he likes a lot of these like, very singer-songwriter songs that are often stripped down and are very uh, melody-driven, or very uh, lyric-driven. Like, those are the types of songs that you really gravitate towards. But this song was a little bit more like something you would, like, you kind of vibe with. A little more like you groovy. Kind of like groo a little more like you would, a little more groovy. Like, you could kind of dance. Like, all, like, definitely catchy. Like, definitely has a little bit more going on on the song. I liked the production a lot, so that stood out to me. How does this song make you feel? Pretty, pretty, I don't know if the word is upbeat, but it made me feel... I, it's not a song I would normally, like, think that I would sit there and listen to, because it doesn't, it's kind of more mid-tempo, which I feel like I tend to be on the extremes whenever I listen to music, it's either, like, really fast tempo or it's more slow, so this kind of falls a little bit more in the middle of the two of them, and I liked that, actually, which I was surprised, so I felt... I felt kind of out of my element, I guess is mm -hmm. how I would say I felt. Um, and from uh, a lyrical standpoint, it it seems to be about just like a relationship. Like, I don't think that there's... It's kind of hard for me to like pick up on the specifics of it, but it's like, how does this person factor in? Like, that's sort of the, the reoccurring theme on this song. Um... So the last, the last question, would you add it to your playlist? I think the difficulty I would have with the song is I feel like when I'm listening to music, I, it tends to either be at the gym or like on a plane. So the two vibes I like for those are either kind of like super deep and like makes me really think a lot, or it falls under this like, I'm just getting like absolutely white, like memento more, I'm getting so, so amped at the gym. So I think if I was gonna add this to a playlist, I can kind of imagine adding this to like a, back in the day, I would burn a CD 
And on the CD, I would have some songs that people might be surprised I would listen to because there's like this other little vibe of like having the windows down and I would just kind of like drive around to it. I feel like this song, if I had, I don't drive or anything, so I don't know what the place would be for this. But like if this song came out at a, on a, uh, at a party or something, I would, I would not mind listening to this song. Cool. Well, I, I picked this song because it definitely was something I didn't expect that you would probably even be um, familiar with or might be out of your element as well. Um, and the song, the reason I like the song isn't necessarily lyrically. Um, it's really about the groove. Mm-hmm. Like this song makes me want to dance. Yeah, like, it, it's it's just like you just kind of freaking move with it and yeah, right yeah. at your factory. Yeah, and um, I do like it is kind of a, a love song, um, but it's 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 kind of a different take on a love song in the sense that it's like uh, just what I what I appreciate about lyrics sometimes is they find because everybody has said everything that you can say about love pretty much, so it's yeah. like. You got to find different ways to say the same things that people have already said, and I feel like this song kind of does that. It's it's kind of saying, "Hey, you don't necessarily understand like what you do to me, but it's it just I guess the way that he explains that or conveys that I appreciate." Um, so overall, yeah, I just I, I I enjoy the guy's voice, I enjoy the melody, and I enjoy the groove of the song. So, and who who is Kevin Garrett? He's a he's a solo singer songwriter. So he yeah he um. He has another song called uh, Faith uh, that I, I really enjoy, but I actually don't I don't know his entire catalog. I've just heard those two songs by him. I just think it's sometimes it's interesting when we do this. I feel like we should establish afterwards, like, is this some, is this just like a one song you listen to by this artist, or is this like a, an artist that you have like several songs in your rotation? So what I've done on a couple things is when we've done this segment, we've done it twice now, uh-huh. is I listen to a Discover Weekly playlist, and if a song hits me, on that on that playlist, I will throw it into my own playlist, and it was hitting me enough that I wanted you to listen ah. to it. So I don't know this guy's full discography. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't follow him a ton, but I, the two songs that I have listened to him, uh, I think it's Faith You Might, and then this one, um, Factor In. I've really enjoyed. So I I mean I'll probably check out his discography a little bit more. But cool. Well, uh, you want to update people on anything going on with your content or just life in general sure so uh just a couple of updates you guys have probably saw but i do want to uh, point people to who maybe who are newer listeners um the my i've been doing this format now where on my youtube channel it's thursday videos that are me at the microphone and then saturday videos that's the vlog of like what i did that week and i don't want to say that this is for sure how it's going to be going forward but this is how it how it will be for the foreseeable future. And there'll be some variations to it. There'll be three videos some weeks. There'll be, uh, I've got an idea for a, a bigger concept or something I'm going to be working on coming up here. But um, I'm really enjoying the fact that Brandon is in these vlogs now. So you can, uh, you can see Brandon a lot more of my stuff. And we're going to be working on some videos together that will be showing up on my channel. In addition to just the vlogs, so you can be on the lookout for that. And I'm also happy to say that Brandon and I are going to be doing um, we're going to be acting together in a video on another channel coming up. I don't want to say too, too much about it, but I do want to say that um, I'm really excited. I have not done something like this in, like, years. Um, in college, I would do this where I would be in, like, short films and stuff. But this is something I've 
really been wanting to tap into. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, aside from that, I'm currently on the apartment hunt, so I'm going to be moving at some point in the future. So though it's really exciting that now you get to see us together on this this YouTube channel, things are going to be changing when I get a new apartment because we're going to have a completely different setup in there, uh, better a better setup. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a cool change of pace. But other than that, I'm waiting for the weather to break. I'm going to Florida soon, which I'm really excited about, and uh, I'm just waiting for baseball season. Heck yeah! Uh, for me, I. Uh, released a new single. I released it on Valentine's Day. It's a song called Waiting. You can find it on YouTube. Um, I don't know if it will be out on streaming platforms by the time this podcast releases. Um, I had to send it through my distributor, and then they have to like make sure it's okay, and then they send it through. Um, so if it's not released uh, by the time this podcast comes out on like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, that kind of stuff, it will be by the end of the week. Uh, so you can search Brandon Flippin waiting, and you'll see that the artwork is um, a, like a heart with the word waiting underneath it. Um, but it, it felt really cool to to release a new song since I haven't since uh, November of 2018 when I released my album. Um, and thank you to everybody who listened and commented and whatnot. I also released a new singer songwriter. Singers. <laughs> uh, Tony cut that part out. Um, a new songwriter to songwriter uh, where I I don't really necessarily analyze the song uh, as far as what did this guy mean by this stuff. It's more how, how do these lyrics hit me personally, uh, which I actually think I might be doing that more often um, just because I think... Uh, you know, I might point out things that I, th- I have theories about, but I think... Uh, the thing I like about lyrics is that it makes me think specific things based on the words that uh, kind of ring through my head. So, um, songwriter to songwriter, it's the song Thrive by Switchfoot. You can check it out on my YouTube channel. Um, other than that, uh, I, I'm pumped being in Steven's vlogs. We had a ton of fun Valentine's Day night. Um, going to a uh, punch bowl, social bowl. And and doing karaoke and stuff. Oh yeah, that we actually finally did make damn sure. Yep. Which and we've been trying to find that song for a long time and on it's karaoke. On the end of the vlog, so stick around till the end for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just I'm so I'm gonna sound like a broken record eventually, but uh, I'm so pumped to be in Chicago. And uh, my hope is to have at least one music post a week and one songwriter to songwriter a week. So if you like either of that content. Um, you can subscribe to me on YouTube and just uh, follow along. One other, uh, one other thought. Um, so you you released a, a new like a original song. Do you foresee this as being something that people can expect in the future? Like, do you think you'll have other original songs in 2020 that have been unreleased up to this point? Um, honestly, I would say yeah, because I have a lot of songs that I never did anything with um, that don't necessarily fit into an album concept. Um, cause I've, I've said before, my philosophy on albums is really, um, I want the songs to all have kind of a cohesive, uh, message or narrative behind them. Um, but I have some songs that I just was writing back when I was pursuing music that I could probably do the same thing I did with waiting, uh, where I just whip it out and Hey, got a new single, check it out. Dude. So, uh, yeah, I would say that's something to expect in the future, in the near future. Cool. Awesome. Uh, Well, 
thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the segments. We have a lot of fun with these segments um, and the other conversation as well, the main part of the show. (laughs) But uh, if you guys have any comments, questions, or thoughts, you can uh, email us emgpod at gmail.com or you can DM us at emgpod. You can leave us a voicemail because we know you love calling us and leaving us voicemails. 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. I'm at Brandon J. Flippin. He's at Stephen Russell B. And we will see you next time. Take it easy. I'm holding on to-